G'day guys, Eero here. Welcome to the show, Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast, episode 42. Wow, it's gone so quick. Actually, this whole year, 2020 has gone quick. It's been a been a crazy old year, probably one of the craziest years I've ever experienced, but um, luckily there hasn't been too much, for me personally, hasn't been too much in the way of gore and blood and guts. And that's what I'm talking about in episode 42. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. So gore, what is it good for? Absolutely everything, in my opinion. Um, I, I've learned to... Uh, I've learned to tone it down, and I did fairly early on in my um, in my hobby career, uh, because less is definitely more. But I guess what I want to talk about is the graphic side, the graphic element of gore and blood on our little miniatures. Is it okay? Is it not okay? Um, do you really need it? Like, I mean, you're, you're pushing soldiers around a tabletop. Um, do you really need to show off the guy who's had his leg severed uh, <laughs> and then bone and blood spurting out everywhere? Do you really need to show the barbarian with a blood spatter across his chest, giving the impression and, you know, blood and, and guts dripping from his axe? Do you really need to give them that impression? Or can you just paint a, a, a barbarian looking ferocious and mean and sort of leave the, the rest to the, the viewer's imagination? Last week in episode 41, I was talking about Star Wars miniatures and my love for Star Wars, basically. Um, and thinking about this episode, Gore, I suppose I was first... Um, I first saw gore on a movie when I watched Star Wars New Hope because, you know, there's an arm that comes off. And I think that was my first, like, wow, okay, movies can be gory, the world can be gory. And, you know, looking back, obviously, it's not that bad in that movie. Um, but then I saw a movie called Conan the Barbarian and... <laughs> I kind of saw that movie by mistake because what happened was I was having a birthday party and I think it was my sixth birthday party. Um, so very young. And mum and dad knew I was into He-Man. So they thought, yeah, let's do the right thing. And when his little mates come over, we'll put a video on of this Conan the Barbarian. They'd never seen it before. They thought, yeah, no, it should be fine. But <laughs> in that movie, there's a there's a fair level a uh, fair large level of gore and blood and, and violence and stuff. So I, as a kid, I was loving it, but I th- I'm pretty certain at one point mum and dad went, oh, wow, this is probably not good for our son, let alone all the other little boys and girls at the birthday party. So, so they turned that off. So inadvertently, I was exposed to gore <laughs> from too young, really, too young. And not mum and dad's fault, though, just one of those things that kind of happened. But a few years later, um, when I had moved to Australia, I became friends with this little boy at school, and he was right into horror movies. We were only in, like, grade four, grade five, um, so we were, like, nine or ten. And he was right into horror movies and said his mum and dad had a huge collection. So we'd go to his house and then when his mum and dad had gone to bed, like we'd sneak into the living room and put on these horror movies. And I remember watching um, Child's Play. That's a big one that stuck out, uh, stuck out for me. Um, and yeah, I was, I was absolutely creeped out. But obviously at a young, impressionable age, the gore factor 
left <laughs> left quite an impression and I was like yeah they're, they're, it's scary but it's also it's also kind of cool then of course as I got older I was watching things like the aliens saga oh my god so good so good but so horrific and also things like Terminator um, especially Terminator 1 I feel um, and and yeah and diving headfirst into lots of horror movies Freddy Krueger um, Halloween all these like gore fest movies and I was loving it I, and I still love it today and it's not just because of the gore obviously it's because of the the cheap thrills and the the scares and the and you know some of the imagery of the masks and, and everything else to do with it even the music the soundtrack to some of these horror movies is really cool um but yeah the gore and the blood is definitely uh, has definitely been a key element um for movies that I've enjoyed and it's I think it's only natural <laughs> or maybe unnatural that these things have crossed over into my hobby. Now, we've talked about um, detail in dioramas and on miniatures. We've talked about um, how immersive you can get with a game, for example, or with a diorama. So, you know, creating a battlefield, creating a forest setting, creating an urban setting with crashed cars or a post-apocalyptic thing going on or something. We as modelers, um, let's keep it simple, we as modelers generally, not everyone, we want to make it as real as possible, don't we? We want it to be what we've envisioned in our minds, but we're also drawing upon different influences, such as movies, books, um, even songs, um, even could be, even be news footage, who knows, and, and archival footage of, of uh, past wars. We want it to be as realistic and as, as immersive as possible. So to my mind, that should include horror. It should include the reality of war, for example. But of course, when of course when we're doing it, we're also very aware of not wanting to. Not all of us, again, we don't want to be um, perverse for the sake of being perverse. We don't want to just go. Here's a big chunk of guts, um, and this is what's happened to this guy who was hit by some shrapnel from a mortar round. I guess we sort of censor ourselves a little bit, purely as a as a respectful thing, I think, and and also for not wanting to go overboard just for the sake of going overboard. I think sometimes the subtle approach works works enough. I like to, <laughs> with my work, I probably push that subtlety a lot more than others. Um, like recently, I've uh, built an orc tank, and on the front, I've got a, the torso of an Imperial Guardsman who, you know, is clearly dead, but he's been basically spiked on there. Um, and yeah, I, you know, there'll be some guts and there'll be some blood, and it'll be a bit sort of graphic I suppose but that's you know that's me I think I think each to their own in a way I think I do that um one because I, I've got to admit I put my hand up I like that kind of thing I like a bit of horror in my models and my dioramas um but I also think I can allow myself that creativity because it's a fantasy it's not real it's um you know a science fiction setting or whatever you want to call it whereas with my bolt action for example um I won't do things like that. There might be a little bit of blood spatter here and there um, because I just can't help myself, but I'm not going to, yeah, like have a, an, an American trooper um, decapitated on top of a German tank or something. You know, like I'm, uh, I mean, I'm sure those kind of horrors went on, but I don't know. I, I, I guess because it's a historical thing, because I'm my models are representing 
real units and real people, then there's that barrier. There's that that um, self-inflicted censorship where I go, nah, that doesn't feel right to me. It's kind of like um, a bit of a throwback to when I was talking about the swash stickers. Um, whether to be too blatant with those and put them on everything or is that disrespectful? I suppose it comes back to that, doesn't it? Behind the scenes, and I haven't really mentioned it too much because I haven't really done anything with it, I've got a, um, a zombie uh, project that I'm planning and I've, yeah, I've, I've got lots of lists and I've got lots of miniatures all ready to be painted, all metal miniatures as well actually, which is kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> and I'll be developing my own rules and, and my own game board and blah, blah, blah. And with that one, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is that I can be well overboard with gore and blood and guts because it's zombies, people. It's bloody zombies. You can't have a well-groomed um, zombie with not a not a speck of blood on him or, or without his, you know, intestines hanging out. Like, what kind of what kind of zombie is that? With most of my stuff, though, and let's face it, it's basically 40k is the, the stuff I'm mostly, you know, throwing myself into. Um, there is a, there is an element of gore, um, but it's not over the top. Uh, like I said, I've, I've put this torso on the front of a tank, which does sound funny now I say it out loud, but, uh, you know, that's pretty gory, but generally it's not like every single model has got gore or blood on it. Um, but you know, it is Warhammer 40k, so it's very grim dark and there's lots of skulls and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I can safely say I haven't got many models where like their guts are coming out of their stomach or their mouth or something, or their heads are come off. But you know what I am a fan of, and I don't know why, maybe it's because I watch shows like Star Wars from a young age. Um, quite like an amputation, I've got to say. <laughs> and again, that sounds really weird to say out loud. But what, what I mean is, um, as a converter, sometimes I can't find the leg like i just go oh i don't this leg doesn't look right and then i go oh well he's clearly an amputee so i'll make the leg some kind of mechanized peg leg or you know a mechanized claw for an arm or something and i like that i really enjoy that hi there folks this is mike here from starship Verenus. check out my hobby work on instagram and wordpress just search for at starship Verenus. You are listening to the fantastic Imperial Rebel Arc podcast. Like with everything in the hobby, our beloved hobby, I think gore and blood and stuff like that, it's a personal choice. It's up to you. You know, if you want to go crazy with guts, then go ahead. If you want to keep it very, very subtle with just a, a slight spatter on a saber, then that's okay too. Like, there's no rules really. Um, but yeah, like, I guess my own... In, um, uh, my own rule is when it comes to historically accurate stuff, I'm not going to go overboard um, because it's, a, yeah, like I said before, a respectful thing. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes to zombies, though, wow, I can't wait to be as bloody and as gory as as possible. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast! Before I get into the hobby spotlight this week, I wanted to give a shout out to a few people that had emailed me over the last week. Um, Bastion Steve, 
who I spoke about in last week's episode, episode 41. Um, he said to say thank you very much for you know talking about his castles on the show, but also he sent me a couple more pictures of some work in progress uh, castles he's got going on. And one of them was really cool, more like a wizard's tower, um, and but without the peaked roof, just sort of this, yeah, decrepit tower. He's still got lots of work to do, but it, I can visualize where he's going with it, and it looks really, really awesome, man. So yeah, keep, you know, keep letting me know how you go with that and keep sending me updates. It's really cool. Um, uh, he's also working on, uh, I think he called it, oh, it's like a wooden, a Roman wooden fort with the um, the sharpened logs, like spikes. Is it a castra or castrum? Something like that. But that one looks awesome as well. All 28 millimeter scale. Um, from what I can tell, I don't think he's really much of a gamer. He just likes doing these fort diorama type thing so yeah keep going bastion steve um also had an email from a gentleman called dahl which is d-a-h-l like roll dahl is that his name um i don't think it was him but <laughs> um yeah he just wanted to say uh really enjoying the show he's listening from canada g'day all the listeners in canada could be just dahl could be a whole bloody million of them who knows um so thank you very much dahl and also who do we have uh uh, uh, Simon, thank you very much, Simon, for your email. Um, he's only just started listening to the show, and he's he said he's binge listening from episode one, and he was up to like episode thirteen or fourteen. So thank you very much, Simon. The hobby spotlight this week is on a gentleman who calls himself Kit Bosch. K-I-T-B-O-S-H. I've only recently discovered this guy. Um, he has a YouTube channel. Uh, that's where I found him first, but he also has an Instagram account as well, so you can find him on both those. His YouTube videos are all about conversions, all about building you know, lovely models from other bits and pieces and other models, which is obviously very, very much my cup of tea. His work on orcs in particular uh, blows my mind. He's done some massive ones. He, um, he's done one called a cyborg. He's done uh, like one in mega knob armor. He, he basically, and one of the ones he did was the biggest orc uh, model conversion he's ever done. And he also he got a he got a model from Reaper Miniatures, I think it was called. I think it was a fire giant, and he's converted that into an orc, which is quite big. Um, I'm guessing it's about the size, roughly, of a man's hand. Um, I was so inspired by that particular video <clears throat> that I went and bought the fire giant from Reaper Miniatures, and it was it's coming here in a couple of weeks. Um, I won't do I won't build it exactly the way he's done it, but it certainly inspired me to give it a go and try my own thing with it. Really, really cool stuff. Um, he explains every element that he, you know, every every aspect of what he goes through and what he does. Um, very clear, very concise, and great imagination. Very creative. Um, he does a bit of sculpting with green stuff as well. So, as you can imagine, it's really, really my type of thing. <laughs> so maybe not for everyone. If you're looking for, you know, more of a painting side of things, he's probably not your guy. But if you're into any kind of kit bashing or converting, then you definitely need to go check out Kit Bosch, K-I-T, 
B-O-S-H. And like I said, he's on Instagram as well. I don't think he's been on Instagram for long, um, but hopefully, you know, uh, this uh, this little promo for him um, gets more followers and that kind of thing because he, he definitely deserves it. He's, he's a very talented person. So that's Kit Bosch, K-I-T-B-O-S-H. Go check him out. Anyone who loves orcs is a friend of mine as well. What have I been up to in the beloved hobby? Well, not a great deal because I'm still working my sweet ass off a lot, doing a lot of work. Um, but I have been tinkering with orcs for the last um, oh, three or four days. Pretty much ever since I watched the first Kit Bosch video, I went, yeah, I need to do more work on my orcs. Um, so I've been busy building some just uh, some orc uh, war boys, um, but trying to make them as different as I can from all the rest of the other ones that I've made. Um, you know, head swaps and using third party bits and pieces as well. It's been kind of fun. Um, a little while ago, I got the... Uh, a starter, when I was it called? Um, the starter kit for orcs. I've got what's bloody called from Games Workshop. Anyway, like a kit where you've got a fair bit in there and lots of goodies. So I've been tinkering with that. I've still got to build the Death Dread, which I'm looking forward to, which is uh, for people that don't know, which is is like a big sort of um, orc robot thing. And uh, what else have I been doing? Oh yeah. So I also from Spellcrow, I think it was. I'd picked a while back. I picked up a. Um, a German-themed army car tank thing, and I've been painting that, and I've really been enjoying that. I also uh, kit-bashed from scratch a another little tank thing as well, and I used a Astra Militarum um, uh, Sentinel uh, cockpit thing for the for the front for the turret of this tank as well for the orc stuff. So uh, yeah, so I've been having fun with all that. I'm trying to as 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 quickly as I can, but as, but as efficiently as I can, and as neatly as I can. I've been trying to get this stuff built and painted before this Sunday, which is now only you know uh, thirty six hours away, um, because. My friend and co-host of Fly on the Wall podcast, um, Big Was, is coming over for a game. So I don't know about you guys, but when I've when I'm having when I've got a game planned, I try to like you know have new stuff on the table, um, freshly painted stuff or freshly converted stuff, whatever it is, but something new to offer. The last time I had a game was was my friend Keith about a month or so ago, and uh, that's when I you know first put on the table uh, Der Red Orc Toba, the big uh, converted uh, orc landship that I built and painted. So that was kind of cool to have that on there. And so this time round, I'm trying to get a whole bunch of German army, World War II German army themed orc stuff. <laughs> that makes sense. Ah, uh, dear. Um, yeah, trying to get all that sort of completed. Uh, it's quite the... I've obviously set myself quite the task. Um, I am working today as well, so that's uh, you know leaves me this evening and a little bit of time tomorrow to to get some stuff done before the big game. But you know, hopefully it works out and hopefully it's a good night. Warren uh, Big Was very much uh, humours me when it comes to uh, playing these types of games, but you know that's what that's what friends do, isn't it? 
that's it for episode 42. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those of you that have been emailing. It's always great to hear from people um, in any way. Uh, you know, email me, DM me on Instagram, uh, comment on stuff, whatever. It's always cool to have that interaction. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that. And that's kind of why I do it. Um, if uh, if you do like the podcast, then, you know, please uh, tell your friends, tell your family, um, tell that weirdy, beardy guy on the train in the morning as you commute to work. Um, tell anyone. If you would like to email me, feel free, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. I always do my best to try and reply as quickly as possible, but as I've mentioned, yeah, I am flat out with work, so just bear with me, guys, but I will get to you eventually. So if you're sort of sitting there going, all by myself, don't want to be, then don't stress anymore because soon enough you'll get a little pop up in your inbox and there will be my hero smiley face saying g'day how can i help you um that <laughs> that's it for episode 42 though guys so take care of yourselves um and i will see you in episode 43 you've been listening to the imperial Rebel podcast